Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. Good morning. I'd like to invite everyone to stand with us as uh, we prepare to read the word. The passage is in Acts chapter 10 in verse 28 to 44. Acts chapter 10. Verse 28 to 44. We'll read it and then we'll pray. Verse 28. The story behind this is that there's a guy named Peter, of course, the Apostle Peter, to whom God reveals himself in a powerful way. He sees a vision from heaven. And the vision is uh, uh, he sees animals both clean and unclean in a sheet that's like let down from heaven. And then he hears a voice, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter would say, no, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean in my life because some of those animals are unclean, at least in the Jewish culture. And so here was Peter being uh, seeing that vision and eventually he gets persuaded and responds to a visit from a few people that was sent by Cornelius, a Roman, uh, a Roman officer. Cornelius lives around 60 kilometers away. <laughs> And then sends a group of people to be able to fetch Peter because Cornelius also receives a vision from God telling him, go fetch Peter. He has a word for you. So we're picking up the story now when finally Peter is about to enter the house of Cornelius. So in verse 28, it says here, And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with, with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, he tells the story. Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. That's around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God sent Therefore, to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly. I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. As for the word that He sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are all witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us, who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us, to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. 
That was a bit of a lengthy passage. But it was important for us to be able to read that together. Let's just pray. Lord, as we celebrate Father's Day today, we're really, tra- we're, Lord, we're really coming to you and especially us as, as fathers and husbands. Lord, that you would enable us to experience you in a greater way in our lives. That we would be able to live our lives, Lord, more in step with you, in surrender to you, that we might know exactly what to do, Lord, with the home that you're building for us. Lord, in the story of Cornelius, we're praying that we would also be able to lead our whole family to be able to encounter you. Lord, thank you. Would you bless our time together now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. At magandang umaga po ulit. Now, in this story of Cornelius, it's interesting to be able to see a lot of things come into play. There's actually two, two particular things that we're going to do with the passage. Una, we're going to observe, make certain observations about Cornelius and who he is and what God did for him in the story in Acts chapter 10 to 11. And then, we're also going to make some observations on Peter. On Peter. How did Peter respond to the nudgings that came from God and what does that have to, what does that have to do with our lives today? Now, this series is called As For Me and My House. And you're probably familiar with that passage from Joshua where he says, As For Me and My House, we will serve the Lord. So, ito pong buong series na to on the family. We're talking about the family. Last week, we talked about the whole family as being sent by God on mission to the world. And we had Pastor Scott Dama preach. And uh, um, specifically today, we're going to talk about us as fathers and our role in terms of the home and what God intends to do through you and me for your family, such that because of us and our leadership, our family will be led a certain way. So let's explore that together. Now, uh, let me show you my family. I think I've shown this picture in the past. This was a picture that was taken from the place where we lived before in passing. And I have four kids, and that would be my wife, Let. We've been married for 20 years now. It's been an exciting ride. But for those, many of us understand that marriage and family is never perfect. Never perfect, okay? So sometimes we take pictures like this and we really think, wow, ang ayos-ayos naman ang itsura nyo. Hindi po yung totoo. Ito ang totoo talaga naming itsura. Yeah. So yung, yung itsura ng, ano nga ba itsura nyo sa bahay? How exactly does your, you know, you wake up in the morning and then uh, you, you're, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And then you snap at your wife, you snap at your kids, and then your kids snap back, okay? And, uh, you know, throughout the day, uh, your kids don't even get to say thank you, okay, for the things that uh, you're doing for them. They they don't even uh, you know appreciate the sacrifices you make uh, for for the family. And then as you move along, then your children become grow towards independence, a measure of independence, and they wanna do things a certain way, not like you did it. And then they would hear from you, alam mo nung panahon namin, ganito ganyan ganyan. And then they would you know feel it and say. Na, na parang dad, mom, ano ba yan? Parang iba na kami. Panahon naman namin to. And then, then you try to assert yourself against each other. And that's normal family life. <laughs> yan ang totoong buhay pamilya. And, um, and, and I like to say this. As all of us come into church today, that's what we bring. We're not really bringing the ideal, you know, picture of what it is. We would like to be as transparent as possible. This is a place where you could don your mask. You could put down your mask and say, this is me. I need God. And I'm saying this as a pastor. I need God. You know, my family's not here. They'll be attending the 11 a.m. And and so I I guess I can say this. No, 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 no. I'll I'll say this even when they hear it. Um, 
Our family is nowhere near, okay? Nowhere near the ideal. Our family struggles through it. I also go to God about it every day and ask Him, Lord, help me to become a better husband, a better father. Lord, I need you in my life. Lord, help me to be able to grow in my love for my wife. Now, I, I, that, that part, I'm really happy about. Uh, I feel like God has grown our love for each other over the past 20 years such that I could honestly say that my, I, I love her more today than yesterday. Quoting from, yeah, you, you know who. Sorry. Let, let me remove our, my family from the picture. Um, so that, the, the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is because I want to tell you that, yes, where you're coming from in terms of your family experience, that's us too. That's all of us. And no one, however successful you might be in public, in terms of your reputation, no one could ever claim that their family is really perfect. Wala talagang ganon. And many, in fact, of those who experience a measure of a level of success in and outside actually are the most frustrated ones because for some reason, they can't make it work for their home. Is that your experience as well? <laughs> Kasi yun din ang personal ko nakaranasan. Now, it's difficult to be able to always help to, to, to always have the kids obey and to obey immediately and to obey completely. <laughs> it's difficult to always have the kids talk back to you in a respectful way. It's difficult for some reason, man. And, and, and ito yung ending ko dyan. The Lord is at work in my life. The Lord is at work in my wife's life. And the Lord is at work in each one of our kids' life. And as for me, I need to trust God's process. Hmm. I need to trust God's process for my home. That the Lord is working it out in my life as I surrender to Him. The Lord is working it out in my marriage and the Lord is working it out as well in my kids. And if I'm willing to believe that the Lord is the one building my home, I want to say that right from the beginning. That's Psalm 127. You know, when you build your home alone, apart from the Lord, you build it in vain. But it is the Lord who builds your house. Yung palang, parang ang laking assurance na kaagad yun. Which is why we'd like to say, as for me and my house, I'd like to serve the Lord because I want to have the Lord build my house rather than build it on my own. I have to trust God's process that if I would do what I need to do as a father, as, first as a husband, then as a father, then the Lord will be the one to work it out as well in the lives of my children because the Lord is also the one working in their hearts. And what we're going to do now as we go back to the passage is this. We're going to observe what Cornelius, uh, who Cornelius is and what Cornelius did. And hopefully as fathers, we'd be able to pick a few things up. Now at the same time, I also would like to give the challenge to us to be a Peter to someone. So, you know, for those of us fathers, I hope that we would grow in the positive things that Cornelius did. But at the same time, I hope that we would also be a Peter to someone. So part of it would be, you know, that's, that would be part of the observations that we'll go through. So let's begin with Acts chapter 10 again in verse 1. It says here, at Caesarea, Caesarea is an important city. It's like the capital of Judea, in, at least in the Roman times. Herod the Great was the one who built, the, who, built, who built this. So it's like a Roman city. And here is where Cornelius, who's an important Roman official, and he, he, that's where he resides. It says there, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort or the Italian regiment. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. That's a good observation. Okay, So th th this is a good man right here. He's a Gentile. He's Roman. 
He is not a Jew. He does not worship necessarily at the temple. In fact, he could not worship at the temple. But he is one of those that is classified as what they call a God-fearer. May takot sa Diyos. God-fearer. It's a classification of Gentiles who come from different nations but who worship God with their hearts. And they're not necessarily Jews and they could not worship at the temple the way the Jews would, but they would fear God and they also would go from the different nations to celebrate in the Passover, for example, when they have festivals in Jerusalem. So here was Cornelius. He was a devout man. I like the idea of being devout. A devout man is a... It's a the word there is where we, we get the word Eusebius or Eusebio. That's, that's the same, uh, that's the same uh, name. Okay? It means true worship. So a devout man is a true worshiper. Worshiper, okay? Cornelius is a... Remember Jesus when he was talking to the Samaritan woman? He said that they will come that the Lord is going to look for, you know, the Lord, the one that God looks for is, are actually people who would worship God in spirit and in truth. They would worship God in truth, uh, with their spirit and in truth, which means they are true worshipers of God. So apparently Cornelius is something like that. So when you think about that, as for you as well, and I like to give this as a challenge to the fathers, how devout are you? How devout are you? Now, I'm not asking for someone to look pious on the outside, to carry a big Bible and walk straight like that and always say hello to people. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the heart. True worship. How devout are you? Are, are you as a father, do you have it all together? Or are you one who's desperate for God? Because you know, Lord, apart from you, I really can do not, I cannot do anything. I really can do nothing. Exhortation for us as fathers. A lot of things in the family are way beyond our control. Way beyond our control. Which is why our first response is, Lord, because you're the one building my home, instead I would like to give my life completely to you. I'd like to challenge us. If there ever is a person in the home that reads their Bible more consistently than the rest of the family, I hope it is us. If there ever is a someone in the home who seeks God's face and asks Him for help, you know, to be able to remove the anger, the impatience, to be able to change the character from within, I pray it would be us as fathers. If there ever is someone in the home that the kids would see to be an example of humility and generosity and helping the poor and helping other people, I hope it would be us. If there ever is someone an exa- someone in the home who would, who would have the, the greatest desire for spirituality, I hope it is us. Now I understand, in many homes, it's usually the mom. <laughs> Tama ba? Kaya nga meron tayong Mother's Day at sobra natin silang in-honor kasi ibang klase naman talaga sila. Pero alam nyo ba na iba rin ang nangyayari sa isang pamilya kapag yung tatay mismo ang nag-aayos? You see the impact of what a devout man uh, of what a devout man could do. When a man is devout, the father himself is devout, he's a true worshiper. Then the work of God in his life grows and by virtue of that, the work of God in the family also grows. And if the father comes to God and asks for the blessing, it's just amazing. The blessing of God flows through the father to the rest of the family. It matters if you, as a husband and as a father, you are devout. A devout man and his being devout is characterized by his fear of God. And it says there, he feared God with all his household. Kasama yung buong pamilya. He gave alms generously to the, to the people and prayed continually to God. So you see those three aspects. He's a devout man. 
he leads his family in the fear of the Lord. And then it says there that he gave alms generously. Now, when our money goes, goes to, uh, to giving, that's a huge thing. You really know that a person has given his heart and his life to God. <laughs> that's usually the last thing that goes. You know, the Lord can be the Lord of your heart, the Lord of your life, the Lord of your family. It's, uh, the last thing usually is he becomes the Lord of your wallet. Okay. Or, 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 or of your bank account. Because then you truly understand, man, nothing, all of everything in this world is God's. Even all of my money is God's. I understand. We tithe, gener- we, we tithe and we give generously. And that's amazing. But did you know that God does not only own the 10%? He owns all of the 100. And when we recognize that God, uh, that, that, that all of our resources belong to God and He becomes the Lord even of our finances. So when this happens, when we give alms generously to the poor, alam mo na kaagad, ah, true worshiper nga talaga yan. Something already changed in that person's heart. And then it says that he prayed continually to God. He feared God, he was generous, and then he prayed continually. Now, question, is this complete? Ito, another question. Is Cornelius saved? Man, he's, he's a devout man. He's a God-fearer. He's very generous to the poor. And then he prays continually before God. I mean, mas matino pa to kaysa sa atin. Tama ba? And yet the good question is, is he saved? Now, of course, only God knows that answer to that question, right? But we get a bit of an idea of why God still has to call Peter bring him all the way to travel 60 kilometers over a, 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 over a day and more. And then finally, he gets to the place and then he speaks the word of God to the people. Let's follow the rest of the story. So, first lesson, Cornelius was a devout man and I pray that me as a father, I would become that too. I would be a true worshiper. Verse 4, uh, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. This is the angel speaking to Cornelius. The idea that what we do as fathers, God records it. That's interesting. It comes up as a memorial before God. Cornelius, because of everything you're doing, the Lord records it. The Lord remembers you. The Lord puts His favor on you. And then jump to verse 19. This is what happens. What, what happened, sorry. What happened to Peter? When he, and while Peter was pondering the vision, so Peter was praying at 12 noon. He was hungry. He goes into a trance. You know, I guess he goes to sleep. And then he sees a vision, a vision or a dream. It's like a sheet filled, filled with so many different types of animals, both clean and unclean. And then he hears a voice, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. And, you know, and then three times that happens. And then he says, Lord, no, I, I, I haven't eaten anything unclean in my life. And then while he was still pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men, it says there. Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? Verse 22. And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. Why the need for Peter to still go to their house and for, for Cornelius to be able to hear what Peter has to say? Apparently, God had something uh, bigger in store. Verse 23. So he invited them to be his guests. 
The next day he rose and went away with them. So Peter invited them to be his guests. It was probably towards the end of the day already. And uh, so they stayed and then they left early the, mor- the next morning. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. Later on we see there's six brothers from Joppa who accompanied him. And that's important because these six brothers also witness what God will now begin to do with the Gentiles. Now, konti pong context sa Acts. Remember when Jesus said, uh, and you will be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The whole book of Acts is the story of how that progresses. Acts chapter 10 is one of the first places where God breaks out in terms of being able to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. In terms of being able to bring, they've, they've had a chance prior to this. They've had a chance. Philip had already a chance to go to Samaria. The Samarians, Samar- Samaritans are like half Jews, Right? Pero si Cornelius saw lead Gentile. And Peter is being led by God to be able to break out from Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Now you go to the ends of the earth. The Gentile world is waiting for you. So God sends Peter to Cornelius. God uses Cornelius to, you know, to, to be that guy. To be, he's, like, he's like the beginning of the domino effect that would eventually uh, reach the rest of the nation. So God uses Cornelius, the impact of a God-fearing man, the way that God would not only use you for your family. He brought his family to be able to fear the Lord, but apparently God was going to do something really great that would impact the rest of the world through this man, Cornelius, because of the way he fears God. Now, observation on Peter. Peter obeyed God, though he was uncomfortable and did not fully understand. Yep, that's interesting. He did not fully understand. Why would I associate with a Gentile? That's wrong. That's just plain ceremonial uncleanness. What happens is, if you go into the house of a Gentile, you've been defiled. You cannot worship at the temple. You are ceremonially unclean. So this is like the same picture. If you eat something unclean, you'll be defiled. If you go to the house of a Gentile, you'll be defiled. What did Peter do? On the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So here was Cornelius. He led his family to fear God, but then he extended it even more. The influence of a father who's a God-fearer now impacts his whole family, but not just that, even the people around him or her, around him, around them. Now even the friends are involved. So here, next observation is that Cornelius brought his family together to hear about the Lord. He was devout. And he brought his family to be able to hear about the Lord. Fathers, a challenge to us. Will you be devout? And will you bring your family to be able to hear about the word of the Lord? Would you be willing to be the one to lead? Did you know that in the Old Testament, there were priests, right? When it came to the New Testament, there's now the priesthood of believers. A priest is the one that represents the people to God. Now that Jesus has opened up the way, we can all come into God's presence. So in a sense, in a sense, there's, that's called the priesthood of all believers. You find that in First and Second Peter. So here we are, we can already approach God as we are. So we no longer need a priest. In fact, we are now the priest and we're allowing the people, the Gentiles, those who, are not, who do not yet believe, to be able to connect them to God. We pray for them. We sort of represent them before God. But that's you and me now. We're like the priest. But in the home, in the home, the father, you are like the priest in your home. You're like the one who leads, who, who, re, who leads the rest of your family so that they too will be able to somehow connect with God. Would we be willing as fathers, 
to be used of God effectively, you know, to be able to bring our people, our family to the Lord, to be, for, to be able to bring our family together to hear about the Lord. And this is what God did in verse 28. And He said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So this is Peter speaking. So when I was sent for, without objection, I asked them, I asked them, I, sorry, without, I came without objection, I asked them why you sent for me. Could you just put it up again? There you go. Thank you. Why you sent for me. Observation on this one. Peter proclaimed the gospel about Jesus for it was still needed in order for Cornelius to be saved. Really? How do we know that? It was still needed for Cornelius to be saved. Because when a person, when a person is religious, fears God, goes through the motions of religion, unless they encounter Jesus and they actually believe in Jesus as the Son of God and receive the forgiveness that comes from what Jesus did at the cross, unless they believe in Jesus and the good news about Jesus Christ, salvation. Kumbaga, salvation is out of reach. Even though they're religious and their heart is actually ready to be able to receive from God. That's interesting because we have family and friends like that. And that brings us the urgency that, hey, I still need to bring Jesus to them. That's the reason why, why we have world missions. You know, in terms of world missions, people, God has, God has, you know, there are people in different cultures, in different tribes, in different nations that in a sense have, uh, have a propensity or affinity towards God. But unless Jesus is preached to them, how can they hear unless someone preaches to them? How can they be saved unless someone preaches to them? So, here you see the urgency that even though Cornelius was a devout man, it was incomplete. It was incomplete. Still, he needed to be able to hear the gospel from Peter in order for him to be saved. It says there in the next verse, in Acts 10 verse 33, So I sent for you at once. This is now Cornelius speaking. And you have been kind enough to come. Now therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. Here was Peter saying, Grabe, ito palang ibig sabihin nung to the ends of the earth. Ito palang ibig sabihin nung vision. Meron palang, na ako tingin ko, clean and unclean, pero in God's eyes, no, they are acceptable. They can all be clean. And so Peter was now having a realization, tumatawid na siya philosophically, realizing the idea that, hey, the rest of the Gentiles, they can actually hear from God. And we know, okay, and we know that it was a message of salvation that they still needed to hear because in the following chapter, Acts 11, verse 14, when Peter was relaying to the leaders in Jerusalem what happened with Cornelius, he said, that, he, he told them, and this was not mentioned in Acts chapter 10, but he told them that when I saw the vision, I also heard from the Lord, and this is what the Lord said, he will declare to you, uh, sorry, this is what, what, uh, what the Lord, what the angels said to Cornelius. He will declare to you, referring to Peter, a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. That's interesting. So here was Cornelius leading his family to God, but it was incomplete. He still needed to hear the gospel. Now I know there's an interspersed, you know, it's like we're following the story of Cornelius. We're also following the story of Peter. But the lesson about Cornelius is this. He was devout and he led his family to the Lord. Check. Now, as far as 
Peter naman, Peter was this. He obeyed God even though it was uncomfortable. And he still declared the gospel to people because it was needed for Cornelius and his household to be saved. Fathers, I pray that we might be like a Cornelius, that we would lead our family to the Lord. And that we, and this is now for the rest of us, might we be a Peter to someone? The Lord might be leading you to become a Peter to someone, even though it's uncomfortable, even though you're, you're not like so convinced, I'm not too sure, and yet would you still be willing to obey because the gospel has to be heard by people in order for them and their whole family to also be saved. Let's try to land this. It says in verse 35, As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of Jesus through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. And this is Peter's version, or this is what Peter said when he was speaking to Cornelius. So the Lord has sent me, and you know, let me tell you about the good news that God sent to Israel, and now I'd like to be able to tell you. Now, in the ESV, this is how it is said, but interesting, in the New Living Translation, I'd like to read it there. It says there, verse 30, 36, I think, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel and now extended to the Gentiles. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. That, in one sentence, is the gospel. The message, the message about Jesus Christ, the good news that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. Pag inisip mo, ah, okay, so yan pala ang pwede kong ishare sa ibang tao. Oo, Pwedeng ganyan na lang kasimple. Did you know that you can have peace with God? And it can only happen through Jesus Christ. Then tell the story of Jesus. Then if that person believes, then game. Ayos na. Lead them in a simple prayer for them to, to, uh, to ask forgiveness from their sins and then for them to be able to believe in Jesus uh, and what He has done at the cross so that they can have peace with God. They can finally now be reconciled to the Father. That's amazing. You know, in, in Acts chapter 10, I, I, when I saw that one line, oh man, that's, I love that description of the gospel. Let me, let me conclude here. A few lessons for us. Again, as fathers, Cornelius was a devout man. I pray that we would grow in our true worship as well. Question, are there any areas in your life as a father that you feel like might be hindering the way you worship God truthfully? Truthfully and wholeheartedly. And would you be willing, would you be willing on the occasion of, today, of this Father's Day to say, God, I really love my family and I would do anything for them. And this is one of those things that I might need to do for them. I might need to surrender my life completely to you so that you can work freely through me. Lord, I, need to, Lord, I would like to surrender my life completely to you so that you can work freely through me. And that, and that you might truly bless my home. Would you be willing to follow Cornelius' example of being a devout man. And secondly, would you be willing to follow his example of bringing his family together to hear about the Lord? When I say bringing the family together, did you know that sometimes tayong mga tatay, sometimes we even divide the home? Yeah, we can do that. You know how? When we, when we work, when we are in discord with our wives. Kapag medyo tayo mismo mag-asawa, hindi talaga masyado maayos, alam mo na kagad eh. It divides the home. Immediately. It divides the home. Parenting approaches nyo, magkaiba. So, minsan lalapit yung anak mo sa'yo, minsan lalapit yung anak mo sa asawa mo. Tapos kapag hindi nakuha yung gusto sa asawa mo, sa wife mo, sa'yo lalapit instead. And we're actually not bringing the family together. 
There has to be a greater unity first in our marriage under God so that we can bring our family together. And hopefully as we bring the family together, our children follow suit. Now I know, our children do not always respond the way we would want them to. You know, uh, how, how many of you do family devotions and your children go to sleep? Oh, ito. How many of you do family devotions and your wife goes to sleep? Yeah, that happens to us. Sometimes I go to sleep. Okay, so, um, it's not ideal. You do family devotions and everyone's speaking. Lahat nagsasalita, hindi nakikinig sa'yo, and so on. Uh, minsan, we just do the morning worship and prayer, and we watch it in the evening. So it's like evening worship and prayer for us. But you know, we interact around that, uh, around, around that, and yeah, that's, that's great. But, and there, but there, more are the times that they don't, they're not really paying full attention. Someone's daydreaming. Someone's on his or her phone. And we'll have to tell them, put down the phone, listen, and we're gonna pray, and so on. Napaka, ganun talaga ang normal na itsura ng bahay. Pero you'll have to trust the process. The Lord is at work. And we as fathers, we just have to continue to bring the family together to be able to hear about the Lord. Who will share about the Lord? I guess it's us fathers as the one who leads our homes. Eh, hindi, ka nga, eh, hindi nga ako masyado marunong mag-Bible, ganyan-ganyan. Eh, di ayos, i-distribute natin. Minsan yung mga anak mo naman. Pero at some point, you will have to share the word. Because we'll have to set the example of bringing our family together to be able to hear about the Lord. To summarize all of that, as fathers, we can have a true pursuit of God and gather our families together to lead them to God. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.